0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Black Monday edition. The regular season, Matt, is over. And I think the 18-week season, the seven playoff teams per conference, is a resounding success. There's probably a league board meeting right now where someone stood up and said, Hey, what about 19 regular season weeks in in 2022 and beyond? Because uh, that was fun. It was chaotic. Matt and I will try to take you through everything that happened on week 18 as we head the playoffs at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL is where you can find me, Brian Peacock, and my co-host Matt Williamson, respectively. Matt. What did you give the odds for the Steelers to actually make the playoffs and everything happened that needed to happen, beating the Ravens and for the Jaguars to beat the Colts on Sunday? Because uh, that was a surprising one. Let's start there with some overtime games. I, we we said before we were going to go on that we were going to start with the, the night game Sunday night. We will get to that one. But uh, just because you cover the Steelers so closely, I have to imagine that that was a, a wild just wild with what you needed from the Colts, what you needed to do to beat the Ravens, what the Steelers needed uh to happen in the Sunday night game and not be a tie. Like like what kind of a roller coaster was that for Steelers fans and for people who covered the Steelers on Sunday?
1: It was bonkers. I mean, you mentioned today's Black Black Monday. It might be Black and Silver and Black and Gold Monday. I mean, the way that, that I didn't expect either one of those teams <laughs> to end up in the playoffs when it was all said and done. I mean, I don't give either one a great chance to advance, but I mean, considering where they're at as teams to get into the playoffs is remarkable. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, the one o'clock games, I had the Steelers on the big screen. I had Jags Colts on the little screen and I had red zone on a third small screen, you know, on my iPad. And I was watching Jags Colts almost as close as I was Steelers Ravens. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get to these games, but, didn't think there was any chance the Colts would, frankly, lay an egg like they did. I mean, the Amazing. Colts were really bad in this game. I mean, that's a an eyebrow raiser, a red flag. I mean, one of the more disappointing losses in the, in the entire year, you know, what, 17 games times 32 teams. That's right at the bottom of the list of performances that needed to happen that didn't. Um, Steelers edged out the Ravens in very Steeler ravens down down-to-the-wire type fashion, you know, I mean, those type of things. I mean, since Ben entered the league in 2004, Steelers-Ravens has been a three-point game 18 different times. You know, like, <laughs> it, what I saw, I was getting five and a half. I didn't know who was winning. I just said, I know it's going to be a close game, and as in typical week 18 fashion yesterday, it went down to the wire, Steelers-Ravens. And that one was the one I felt most confident about. And then what was funny is many of my buddies, you know, the typical dudes our age that are Steeler fans, betters, good friends of mine, high school buds, they bet the the Chargers Raiders to tie, thinking I'm at least going to get something out of this. I'm either going to lose a long shot bet <laughs> and my Steelers are going to end up in the postseason, or I'm at least going to get paid for the heartbreak. And frankly. I really thought that game was going to be a tie.
0: Yeah, I did see one ticket that was a two-game parlay that was Jaguars' money line and Chargers' Raiders' to tie. And wow. that nearly happened. And that was a $10,000 payoff for, for not a lot of cash down on that bed. But uh, the NFL's nuts, and uh, it was chaotic, and it was so fun. And really what needed to trigger uh, an even more wacky week 18 Sunday was for the Colts to lose to the Jaguars because that opened the door up for everybody. And that's exactly Absolutely. what happened. Um, with, just real quick with that game. And look, we're going to run through these games quickly. We've got to get to the coaching firings. We're gonna oh, so going to mention some of those on. that have happened, but we're going to push uh, the coaching well, conversation off to tomorrow because yeah. that's its own show altogether. And we can get really deeper into those firings and, and how those teams look going forward, which jobs are the best ones. And uh, who knows, maybe some more coaches will join them by tomorrow's Tuesday show. Um, and apologies if we don't cover your team closely on today's program, but we got to get to the more important games that that had playoff implications. And look, um, it, it's going to be draft season soon enough. And we're gonna be talking a lot about those teams at the top of the draft, but a uh, good way to go out for Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. I will say that uh, the best game that he had all year, 23 of 32 passing 223 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and look, maybe this is a, the, the, a two decade run of, Hey, you don't go into Jacksonville, Indianapolis and beat Trevor Lawrence in his house.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's something to build on for Jacksonville and they had the clown masks out and had to be a strange environment. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned it. I mean, it's a, a positive note to end a miserable season on, especially for the first overall pick, who I still think is absolutely going to be a star. But, I mean, it's Rickwell, Armstead, and Dari Ognabongwa, whatever, how you pronounce his name, and, you know, Treadwell. And, I mean, not a lot of stars around him. And they played really well. They got up early. Um, The Colts showed that they're not really a come-from-behind team. Wentz was questionable again. And the Jags played the run more than well enough. I mean, a lot of us probably thought, hand it to Taylor 4,000 times and you probably get out of this game with a win. But eh, not when you're losing at halftime and down on the scoreboard. And Jacksonville's are professionals too. And, again, I think you got to point some fingers at the Colts right now.
0: Yeah, nobody was a bigger loser Sunday than the Indianapolis Colts. Right. They uh and except for some coaches maybe that lost their jobs, but that's, but and even then like yeah. it, that th- those were those were not upsets that those coaches lost their jobs. This was a massive upset that the Colts are not a playoff team. Ended up in the 8 seed in the AFC. Wentz was bad and yeah, it's it's hard to run from behind, which is the strength of that Colts team even though the 49ers kind of pulled that off more on that game uh, later. But we've got to move on. Colts are out, not in the playoffs. The Jaguars Perfect day for them. Great day for their number one overall franchise quarterback. They get a win, and they still hold on to the number one pick in yeah, the NFL draft. Um, it, it's funny because I think I, I, maybe it's just the fun and, and more rooting for more chaos, but really just looking at Twitter last night during the Sunday night football game, Everyone hated the Steelers. Everyone was rooting for the tie, so the Steelers wouldn't get in. And I I don't,
1: oh, I hundred percent get that. They're a boring watch. <laughs> Nobody wants to see them. in the <laughs> And end this the was playoffs. a
0: pretty boring one. 16-13 for the Steelers, even though it went into overtime.
1: So you want to talk Steelers or do you want to talk Sunday night? We'll go Steeler game here. Real let's quick, finish or?
0: up Steelers and then we'll get to Sunday night and we'll get to the Niners play-in game, Saints and, and a few other the most important games first, and then we'll see how far we get and and just really uh, you know encompass what happened here and look at who those playoff teams are now uh, for the 2021 season. But let's go Steelers since we've already opened up that can.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, Ben was terrible. The offense was terrible. But this has been a trend with Roethlisberger, who I'm glad is done and is done. But in the fourth quarter in overtime, he was 19 for 25 for 149 in a touchdown. Before that, he was terrible. Uh, and they had no running game whatsoever. Um, Najee got hurt early on. It was a lot of Benny Snell for a while. Yuck. They couldn't move the the Brandon Williams off the line of scrimmage. They didn't get their ball to their playmakers. Um, it just not good stuff at all but the Steelers defense played really well both defenses played really well which is probably more of a reflection on two not so great offenses and Baltimore as they have really during this whole six game losing streak really hung around super tough-minded team Steelers run defense was again a big problem but not till late whenever for whatever reason I don't even know if it's Latavius Murray's Issue, but once they went to him, he started gashing the Steelers. I mean, 15 was it 16 runs for 150 and several big chunk runs, as you'd imagine. Too run defense remains a problem. <laughs> I just want to touch on the TJ Watt thing real quick because I'm sure you were glued to other things, but he needed one sack to tie Strahan. So there's a bad snap that goes off the center's butt, gets to Huntley, who kind of falls on it. Watts, the first one there. So you think he gets his sack. And in the meantime, he causes a strip ball pops out. A seal defensive lineman lands on it. Official score doesn't give him a sack for it though. Then later in the game, him and Cam Hayward convert on uh, Huntley, but Hayward gets a flag. They both would have got half a sack because Hayward went you know too high on him. So that one got called back and, and Watt got one on his own, but he really could have had two and a half sacks in this game. Set the record, despite missing three or four games this year. So it wasn't like you know, he got the extra game. So I thought that was kind of interesting. There was two or three times where we're like, ah, TJ got the sack, and he did. You know, he didn't. Um, just kind of a sloppy Raven Steelers type game. Yeah. And you know, it, when it's all said and done, I can't believe this number. But the Steelers ended the season eight four and one to finish the year, and the and the Ravens finished the season on a six game losing streak.
0: And let's see the Steelers travel to Kansas City. We'll get to yep, that matchup later that. on in the week. I don't know how well that's going to go for the Steelers, but they fought well. hard and um they made the playoffs, which is which is wild. And and the Baltimore Ravens ended up the 12th seed at 8 and 9.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And obviously there's many reasons why. And and I oh, think Baltimore had a, a pretty nice season uh even though the, it didn't end the way they wanted it to.
1: No, I have no worries about the Ravens. I mean, I've heard some of my buddies around here, oh, the Ravens are dead. They had a good run. I'm like, you know what they no, get back no, no. in terms of injuries <laughs> and draft capital? They're going to be great. I might pick them with division next year.
0: Okay, next we've got to get yeah, to... Sorry, I went crazy. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> we got to get to... Congratulations to T.J. Watt and the Steelers, by the way. Um, we've got to get to timeout gate. What happened in overtime with Chargers Raiders next? The 49ers had to win to get in, as they did, beating the still NFC West champ, Rams... That and more coming up next. Built Bar. Still got some holiday flavors you can find at Built Bar like eggnog and, and caramel macchiato and, and gingerbread and mm-hmm. some very special flavors. Uh, Built Bar Puffs as well. We've got lemon dip cheesecake, ruby chocolate, and, of course, all of the standards. Coconut, brownie, chunk, raspberry. Peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite. Peanut butter brownie, 180 calories, 19 grams of protein in that one, and only 5 grams of sugar. In raspberry, there's only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. Bilt Bar is a treat that you can feel good about. It's got that protein, so you will feel satisfied. It is the best of both worlds, healthy and delicious. And, oh, yeah, most built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, which really helps Those New Year's resolutions, and you don't get so bored because you're not eating fun food. Well, it's fun to eat a built bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate and only has four grams of net carbs. So go to built.com, use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. We're all looking for an edge these days. And I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't already know OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips, news and more to help you make the most informed bets ever OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day Every day, don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars. Make informed decisions with information sourced by experts. Be sure to consult OnlineGambling.com before you place your bets. Just go to OnlineGambling.com and check out the latest NFL playoff news and tips and get your edge. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, it's OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs coach of the year, Rich Bisaccia, and the and the the Raiders. Do they even need to uh, interview more coaching candidates? Because wow, the job that the Raiders have done, unbelievable. That this team is now in the playoffs, ten and seven, with the turmoil that they faced. And the Chargers, how about this? This is my take on the timeout. I don't know what you think about this with overtime and the Chargers. Were the Raiders and Chargers really going to let this happen or not? And Brandon Staley calling timeout, tied 32-32. It looked like the Raiders might let time just kind of run out. They were just outside of, of a field goal range. A tie means they both are in and the Steelers are out. Brandon Staley called a timeout and nobody knows why. I
1: I, I, I think I get it.
0: I think it's almost poetic because what he did was call timeout and give his team the opportunity to show her who they were all season, which is terrible against the run and what happened The Raiders ran a run play, went and got a first down. Josh Jacobs got him into field goal range, and Carlson hit the 47-yard game winner to knock the Chargers out of the playoffs. It was almost like, look, we were going to get blown out because we can't stop the run in January, and we weren't going anywhere in the playoffs, so let's just encompass our entire season in one play and call a timeout but I have to wonder if Brandon Staley thought the Raiders were just kind of slow playing it and we're going to try to get in a field goal range anyway then call a timeout and then kick a long field goal and not give the Chargers a chance so I wonder if that's why at the last second Brandon Staley thought well I have to call a timeout because the Raiders could just screw me right now by going and getting a first down real quick call a timeout kick a field goal
1: yeah I, I don't know much to contribute to this other than I think Staley, well, I very much believe, well, I'll start with this. It's really strange to root for a game not to be a tie. (laughs) That's a weird Mm -hmm. environment as a fan slash analyst. So anything but a tie. Um, And I really believe, nor would I have blamed them, both these coaches should have played for a tie in overtime, in my opinion. I mean, especially after they both got a field goal, the clock's winding down. It's not even a gentleman's agreement. It's just your owner pays you to get your team in the playoffs. I don't care what it takes to do that. I'm going to do what my job is, what I'm getting paid to do. And I don't understand why he would call a timeout at all. It made no sense to me because I firmly believe, especially listening to the the post game interviews from Carr and, and others, that they were probably just going to kneel on and be happy with the tie, mm-hmm. as they should have, you know, and. Uh, I mean it, maybe some it,
0: panic did, did Staley panic yeah. there and think oh gosh but I can't let the time run off the clock because then I'll look like an idiot and they have played me making me think that they were going to run the clock out and then they still kick a field goal and I don't have time to do anything or I guess it wouldn't have matter but but uh yeah that's the other thing it wouldn't have I, I mean, matter it's like there's no more game mattered, to play right. if they hit a field goal they hit a field goal uh he's and still yeah advanced.
1: so uh, and real quick on Staley I think he's a very brilliant young coach that had a few growing pains this year of what it's like to be a head coach, installing his defense. He's super analytically driven, but clock management might be more than just analytics. I mean, he went for a fourth down that was a fourth and an extremely long one deep in his territory when I don't care what the analytics tell you, that's just a bad call, and I said it before the play even happened. And I think he's still learning game management. Fair enough. I mean, we didn't expect it to- this is year one of the Chargers and uh, of Herbert Staley era, and his second and first year respectively. And so, I think they'll be fine. But it was an odd situation. It was a tremendous football game, though. I mean, it had to be super entertaining if you were didn't have any you know stock in the in the outcome. I mean, I really think the Chargers lost the game in what was an even fight because of that early fourth down call, inability to stop the run, as you mentioned lost the turnover battle, really lost the penalty battle as well. But Herbert and Carr were both awesome. I mean, Herbert made – I don't know if you were watching, but he made oh, two unreal. throws back-to-back. He threw this that, that, right at the end of the game, that touch pass in the end zone down the right sideline that was just a thing of beauty and then a laser for the touchdown on the very next throw. That one, the
0: the touchdown throw, and there was numerous fourth downs, and they were just, it was unbelievable, and they were down a lot. They had to score two late touchdowns in that game just to push it into overtime. Uh, Some amazing throws from Justin Herbert, and I feel bad. I said the Colts were the big losers here. The Chargers were probably second biggest losers just because the Chargers, it wasn't quite as, it didn't look on paper as quite an an easy uh, win to get into the playoffs. It wasn't as much of a of a cakewalk for the chargers, but they've got to feel you know just about as disappointed as the chargers do or as the the Colts do
1: yeah I mean but boy, you got to be excited about having you know Herbert for the next many years no and those two throws I thought man he's one of the only guys on the planet Rogers Mahomes that can make both mm-hmm. those throws the touch throw and the laser back to back you know some can do one or the other uh, I mean really fun game without question but to your point, how do the Raiders go head coach shopping at this point? I mean, even if they get blown out in round one, you got to run it back.
0: And you have you have to try to keep Basaccia somehow in a assistant head coach role, even if. But like, would he feel burned if you go and, and hire another head coach? I don't know. Like, it, it's they're in an interesting situation, and. Uh, it's almost a a no-win because I think they're going to interview coaches and I think they're going to change coaches, and I don't know if it's going to be a better situation than what they have Mm -hmm. right now. Like they, They played as good or better football than you could have imagined down the stretch.
1: They overcame so much this year.
0: 49ers are also in the playoffs in the NFC, along with the team they played, the Los Angeles Rams. Another overtime win, the 49ers kicking a field goal in overtime. Rookie Embry Thomas coming down with an interception to seal it from Stafford, the second interception of the day. Uh, there was two interceptions thrown by both teams in this one, uh, but the big story here with this game was the 49ers had to win with the Saints winning to get in. Uh, and they had to also come from a 17 nothing deficit to win this game in overtime, and they did. Uh, just another wow game to to cap off one of these uh, really great weeks in the NFL this season in Week 18. It was a lot of fun, and the 49ers came out on top, and they're in the playoffs and facing the Cowboys next week.
1: Yeah, and I think that they can give the playoffs uh, a difficult run for their money. I want to hear more of your take on this, of course, but Niners controlled time of possession, Jimmy played hurt and sure seemed like he played quite well to me, considering that the expectations couldn't have been super high. I mean, I didn't realize this until I just pulled up the box score. I mean, they averaged 6.7 yards per play. That's a huge number for San Francisco or any offense. And one thing I really noticed with the Niners was, the stars came out, you know. Eric Armstead was dominant. The front four, in general, I thought was a real determining factor. I wanted to mention that with the Raiders too. Their front four was great in that game. Oh, I, Max you know, Crosby
0: went crazy oh, in that game. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: That yeah, Devo, Ayuk's um, really gen- you know blossoming as well. Kittle, the big name Niners, I thought really were important in this game.
0: Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would get all the headlines in the comeback yeah. and Stafford and the interception that ended the game. But this was uh, the quintessential team win for the 49ers. Garoppolo was bad early. The 49ers were bad early. And it was the the Rams that were taking it to the Niners and dominating time of possession, going down the field, scoring on their first three possessions. The 49ers couldn't move the ball at all. There was an interception, a fumble from Jimmy. You worried about his thumb. Did Kyle Shanahan make the wrong choice? I thought they should have gone to Trey Lance right there uh, in the mm. first half of the game, as did most 49ers fans. And it was like, oh no. You had to be worried. Did Kyle that. Shanahan ruin the 49ers season because they went. With an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. And he did throw another bad interception uh, later in that game. Like Garoppolo wasn't great in this game, but he gutted it out and he made enough good plays. Um, but you know, Debo Samuel threw as many touchdowns as Jimmy G did in this game. So I think <laughs> really from a, a lot of folks just like, oh wow, what a performance for Jimmy Garoppolo. He was not great in this football game. This was a team win. He needed a lot of help to come back and win it, namely from the 49ers defense. After those first three series for the Rams that scored and it was 17-0. The, the Niners got a stop in the second quarter, before half. Got a stop, went down, kicked a field goal. Uh, after those first three long possessions from the Rams, the Rams only scored one more time in the rest of the game. So the defense yeah. really just all of a sudden. The switch came on. The 49ers started to go into bully mode, started to dominate time of possession in the second half. There was one stretch where they ran it 10 straight times, and then Debo hit him with the the okie doke touchdown there. So uh, everybody showed up. Debo, Samuel, Jimmy didn't fold. Uh, You know, he gutted it out, and and Kyle stuck with his guy. And look, it worked out, and it ended up in the 49ers' favor. Elijah Mitchell had a nice game on the ground. Brandon Ayuk had his first 100-yard receiving game of the year. Juwan Jennings, the seventh rounder from last year, had two touchdown catches. Um, You know, Kittle was blocking and just beating people up all over the place and had five catches for not very much. They were keen on him, and he didn't get much after the catch in this game. Game. the defense uh was everywhere starting with the defensive line and oh yeah they had uh, a guy who didn't even make the team out of camp Colton McKivitz, a fifth rounder from last year uh, had to play for Trent Williams I thought Trent Williams was going to play all yeah, week long and he didn't up. end yeah. up playing so the 49ers offensive line did well also and uh, and held for the for the second straight game like I don't know what Dan Brunskill the 49ers right guard uh, eats for breakfast when he goes up against the Rams and Aaron Donald, but they, they've they kept Aaron Donald in check now for two straight seasons in both games this year. So it was an amazing team effort for the 49ers. They needed everybody except for Trey Lance in this one to, to go win it and win it in overtime. That was my takeaway. It was a complete team victory and oh yeah. Welcome back. Emmanuel Mosley got a pick. The rookie Ambry Thomas got an interception. So the corners, which was really something that 49ers fans were worried about all year long, uh, ended up being not a problem at all in the end.
1: And how about the interception Jalen Ramsey had? Holy smokes. Oh, mean, yeah. That was a crazy. Um, you he didn't mention Jawan Jennings. I mean, an under-the-radar role player that's an important guy for them. And it's funny, you were saying that. Like, I mean, everyone harps on boy, Shannonny has McVeigh's number. And there's absolutely something to that. But maybe the key is for whatever reason, Aaron Donald just doesn't kill the Niners
0: absolutely that's part of it yeah Uh, you have to give like we gave game balls to the coaching staff it it, it was a well-coached game for some reason the 49ers are the most well-coached team in the NFL when they go play the Rams it's pretty unbelievable (laughs) every unit played great especially you know after the first three possessions of the game essentially um and uh it's yeah it it I I think one of the biggest factors in this one, too, and it maybe couldn't have gone this way if it wasn't the case, is this was a home game for the 49ers. It was loud. It was louder. I wasn't in the building, but I do have some folks, and my co-host was in the building it sounded as loud as a home game for the 49ers. Uh, and when it was tied in the third quarter, there was a shot of the a Rams sideline, and it looked like they were down 20 points. Like, they could not believe that they lost that lead. And it, the game was pretty much over at that point. because um, So everything had to go in the 49ers' favor to climb out of that 17 nothing hole, and it did.
1: It did, yeah. And unlike my Steelers, I'm happy the Niners are in the tournament. I think they're a fun team. They could make noise. They may win next week. I'm excited to start previewing and digging into playoff matchups. We haven't done – I haven't even started. Um, But, man, this was another good game. Week 18 was pretty good, and uh, I know there's a lot (laughs) we won't get to. We'll get to your teams at some point. Don't get us wrong, but it's not your time of year, giants and teams like that. But, um, you know, again, this were – the ones we've talked about here were really entertaining, important games.
0: Oh, absolutely. Giants, uh, Gettleman looks like he's going to retire. We're going to be talking about your two first-round draft picks a lot. Jets, your two first-round draft picks. You know, um, Just to recap, Coaching it changes, goes Jacksonville, Detroit, order, you know, right. Houston, Jets, Giants. Uh, and, and the Panthers were 5-5. Wow. They lost seven straight. They have the sixth pick in the draft. And then uh, wow. New York owns chicago's seventh pick so yeah we'll talk a lot about those teams when we start talking draft here and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the coaching stuff tomorrow uh, a few more games here and looking at the playoff picture coaches fired next i've got an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about it is called get upside i downloaded this app and uh, i'm blown away how easy it is to get cash back when you're getting gas go get the The best deal on gas you can get. You open it up. There's a map. It says, here's a gas station. Here's the deal. You can get 25 cents back per gallon when you go fill up here. You claim it. Great. You go. You get gas, and you get that money in your account. It's super easy. Uh, I don't know why anybody who gets gas would not use this app, and it's not just gas either. You can find some other deals at GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And get a twenty-five cents per gallon bonus as well on your first fill-up. So that's up to fifty cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Uh, you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal. You can do an e-gift card or uh, a number of brands. You can get a gift card if you want to buy a gift for somebody with your cash back that you receive from get upside just download the free get upside app use promo code touchdown and get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank again that is promo code touchdown with the get upside app So, Matt, since the 49ers are in, that means the Saints are out. And they had won, and that game went final before the 49ers game went final. So the Saints were watching and handled their business, and they needed the 49ers to lose. That did not happen. 30-20 Saints, uh, such a great season for Sean Payton. And look... Rich Passaccia, uh Sean Payton—they're not going to win Coach of the Year, but those guys should be up there because of the job they did in seasons where—and and, and I think you put John Harbaugh in that category where it's just they, it was stacked against them—and and pretty amazing how well those teams did when you when you factor in the circumstances.
1: Yeah, and Payton would be really high on my list for Coach of the Year, especially if he would have got in, which would have been sort of remarkable. And you're right, there's a couple that. I always put that coaching tier together, the Peyton, Tomlin, Harbaugh, you know, that even if disaster hits, you're still in the mix, which is really remarkable to me. And I mean, even this game, New Orleans had two different quarterbacks. That's been the story all year long, (laughs) but their defense was really good. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick. because I know it's an astronomical number. They had the ball for over 39 minutes, (laughs) you know, and they caused three turnovers Kamara did a lot and I mean it was a very Saints way of winning but what's not Saints like is getting to 30 points without any weapons and still controlling this game start to finish so I I was blown away with what the Saints accomplished this year.
0: Pretty remarkable. They are not a playoff team at nine and eight, but uh, I think you have to commend them for what they did and they will be quarterback shopping and and figuring out their salary cap as they always do going into the 2022 season. Let's go all the way back to Saturday, which seems like an eternity ago. And uh, the first coach that was fired was Vic Fangio. It it was black. uh, It was black Sunday for, for him because of the Saturday game. He got fired on the plane. It felt like, um, and, you know, the Broncos, disappointing season, 7 and 10. But, again, quarterback is – is I would take Vic Fangio and a quarterback more than I would take same quarterback situation and a new head coach, right, for the Broncos. But the Chiefs won. But the Titans also won. So the Chiefs will be the two seed. The Titans will be the one seed in the AFC. But did, uh, did are the Chiefs showing – because the Chiefs look like a juggernaut all of a sudden. And then the last couple of weeks – maybe the chiefs are showing that they are beatable. I don't know what to expect from this tournament in the AFC.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this because the Steelers are going to Kansas city. I just am a little worried about the chiefs. Trust me. I'll pick the chiefs to win that game big, but their defense showed some problems in this game. I mean, they didn't handle a tough, good team as well as you would expect in a game that they were playing everybody and trying their best. And, My biggest Chiefs takeaway is Kelsey got a little banged up late in this game, which I'm really going to monitor during the week. But Tyreek Hill has really done zero since he got off the COVID list. And he was fighting a heel and was a shell of himself in this game. And, you know, Hardman's fine. And Pringle's done some things. And Gore and McKinnon. But we know that there's a, a triangle, a trio of Chiefs that just, are a locomotive for this offense. And two of them are a little questionable and especially Hill.
0: Yeah. If you're the chiefs, you don't want to be going into the playoffs. like, Okay. We really need Jarek McKinnon to show up today. Right. Like, (laughs) that's not their recipe. That's, and they
1: killed the Steelers with that recipe two weeks ago. Uh I'm sure they'll be fine. But past that, get worried.
0: Another coach fiery, maybe the most surprising Monday morning was the dolphins who won. Uh, A winning record, 9-8 and Dolphins. They rattled off um, the the biggest winning streak in the league this year. They beat the Patriots at home 33-24 in the regular season finale, and their head coach gets fired. Wow, that one surprises the heck out of me.
1: I I didn't get this one, to be very honest with you, and and woke up to that news going, wow, really? I mean, I think he's one of the best 15 coaches in the league if I were – an expansion team and I got to interview whoever I wanted, he'd be on the list. So uh, I don't think he'll be unemployed long. I don't even think he must could take that defensive coordinator, you know, uh, path to get back to head coaching levels. I mean, I can understand sometimes I always say it's about the Panthers. Sometimes these teams just make changes for the sake of making changes, which isn't how I was brought up since I've seen three head coaches in my hometown for my whole life, you know, And I want the only thing I can hear that I got a rumbling of just kind of fiddling around on Twitter was, I guess, Flores. And this is some speculation by some beat guys was the guy pushing hardest for Watson. And I was was the other way around. I thought ownership wanted Watson. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The whole thing's kind of strange to me.
0: Steve Weish on on, uh, NFL Network this morning said something that might shed a little light on it and it was essentially that it wasn't so much the coaching job. It wasn't so much the record or Mm -hmm. the losing streak or the winning streak or quarterback or anything. It was, there was some personalities maybe in the building and and in the end that might have been what did it. So maybe the, uh, you know, the bill Belichick tree um, for, maybe that uh, sort of abrasive at, I mean, like, I don't know. I, cause I can't speak to it cause I wasn't there, but that would start to make a lot more sense if, if that was the case. And maybe just personality and someone just flat out didn't like him. Who's a decision maker in Miami. And maybe that was it. But uh, I'm pretty surprised that of the bill Belichick coaching tree, uh, Joe judge has his job longer than Brian Flores. Uh, I would not have put money on that one. <laughs>
1: that, that, that's a good way of putting it. Again, I think Flores is a top notch guy. I didn't think they'd win this game. I mean, good for them to go out on the note they did after losing badly a week ago. I mean, uh, this team at 9-8 and without an offensive line or a running game in a very rudimentary RPO offense, there's something to be said for that. That's a good defense as well. I don't think that changed my opinion of the Patriots, though.
0: I don't think so, but what it did do for the Patriots is uh, made them the sixth seed now in the AFC with the Bills win. They are yeah. the three seed, so guess what? We get Patriots-Bills Part 3, and they're going to have a quick turnaround to play Saturday, and I guess they don't need a lot of time because they're familiar foes. They don't need a lot of time to prepare for each other, Patriots at bills now and we have a couple of those part threes because we've got Monday night the Cardinals at Rams as well after the Rams it's funny because the Rams were dejected lost the game and the 49ers are celebrating and then in the background at SoFi Stadium it said congratulations NFC champs Los Angeles Rams <laughs> that was a really funny and uh, oh, wow. to, to that game but uh, so we get some part threes of division foes in the wild card round of the playoffs coming up next week um the only coach firing we haven't mentioned yet let's end on this one with the vikings and another winning coach in week 18 gets fired that night or the next morning mike simmer is done now and and matt Nagy both both coaches got fired here and did ryan pace the general manager for the chicago bears after a 31 17 win for the vikings over the bears
1: we'll talk about the openings here going forward the rest of the week the bears stuff doesn't shock me at all I was critical of Pace basically with all his trade ups and a lot of his moves, with the exception of the Justin Fields trade up. I mean, you know, a lot of the moves they made, they, they hemorrhaged a lot of draft picks during his time there. Uh, I think a change there was very easy to see, and I have no problem with it. I get, you know, you and I have talked a lot of Vikings big picture stuff over the last two weeks, and I guess I'm totally understanding of. This has probably just run its course. It's been mediocre for too long. We want to shuffle this thing up, and it makes me think that Kirk Cousins has a real good chance to be playing for somebody else, too. We will get much more. Tiny little note. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. i to make sure I say it before tomorrow. You mentioned New England-Buffalo is Saturday, which is a good game for me to be on a short week because they know each other so well. But the poor Vegas Raiders have to, had, play, had to play last night, and now they're on the road for the early game. Like, jeez. I mean, it, can anything be harder for this, this And mind, they played
0: I all the said. way through, like, overtime
1: to the last right, right, second
0: right. of overtime, too. Exactly. Yeah, that is a rough one. Uh, I'm, i I got to be honest. I'm upset that it's not 49ers-Cowboys taking it back to that 90s rivalry on Monday night. I, I, was, I was hoping that was going to mm. be the Monday game, but yeah, unfortunately yeah. it's not. Also no, because, it's going
1: to be a great slate of games. I'm oh, psyched so oh, for playoff the playoffs. Oh, the playoffs are going to be
0: great. Um, So Brian Flores, Dolphins head coach, fired. Matt Nagy fired. Mike Zimmer fired by the Vikings. Uh, Fangio gone in Denver. And we already knew about Urban Meyer when Jacksonville and John Gruden, of course, with the Raiders. Those are six head coaching jobs that are open. We will get a lot deeper into those firings, what could be hired with those franchises, and who knows, maybe some more names will show up before Tuesday's show get some of your questions in for the middle of the week before we start turning the page to the playoffs at Beattie Peacock at williamson nfl what a regular season finale it was it was a lot of fun and i think it's only going to get better in these playoffs matt thanks and so,
1: oh by the way there's a national championship game tonight oh know? yeah that'll be note, a lot of fun <laughs> too
0: I love, I love january man awesome, and, yeah. uh, and i'm going to uh, park city to, to ski down a mountain this weekend too So, oh, and my birthday is cool. coming up so it's gonna be a lot of fun awesome. and guess what draft season starts the draft starts in Mobile, this becomes a draft show uh, about middle of February as well. So those teams uh, that we didn't talk a lot about today, we're going to talk a lot about you in coming months as we head toward the NFL draft as well. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here, Peacock and Williamson.